Hi, Joyful Health friends. In today's episode, we interview Pastor Morgan Anger about how to find and get connected to a healthy church community. We dive into the barriers to getting involved in community, the spiritual and health benefits of doing so, and some very practical tips on how to find and feel connected in a real grace-filled church community. We were so blessed by this conversation, and we can't wait for you to listen to. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey friends, welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. And welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. This week, we are super excited to have Morgan Anger. Is that how you say your name, Morgan? Okay, sorry, y'all. But to have Morgan on the show, he's actually Casey's pastor. Um, but we're going to be talking about how belonging in a faith community affects our health. So if you guys have been around for the season at all, we've been talking a little bit about some of that Blue Zone research um, and those health habits that are most associated with longevity. And one of those habits is the principle of belong. So all but five of the 263 centenarians or people who live past 100, um, they interviewed belong to some sort of faith-based community. And research shows that attending faith-based services four times per month will add four to 14 years to our life expectancy. So this is just a really cool um, topic, especially as believers. And we're excited to talk with Morgan today about it. So welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Okay. So um, a little bit about Morgan, if you don't know him and we um, have known each other since college we did young life together. Morgan was on Morgan County middle school that was team. Great. That was just great coincidence there. <laughs> um, so he's originally from Roswell, Georgia, and then he attended the university of Georgia go dogs um, where he met his wife, Lauren. So after college, he lived and served at churches in Colorado for six years, first in Fort Collins, and then in Denver. So while in Denver, he completed his master's of divinity at Denver seminary. And then in 2016, Morgan and Lauren returned back to Athens to help plant good shepherd where he served as the assistant pastor and then associate pastor. And then by the grace of God, he was called as the senior pastor of good shepherd church in February of 2021. Um, so Morgan and Lauren, they have three daughters, Lucy, Alice, and Esme, and an adorable little quirky name, Winston. So right. <laughs> we just love their family. I mean, I just can't say enough good things about Morgan. So I'm just so delighted to um, to have him on the show and be able to talk about this. And, and we're talking about, you know, what research says about how kind of science backs up um, the principle of being in a faith community. And that's not necessarily why we as Christians belong to a church. We belong to a church because um, the church, because that's, you know, it's Jesus's bride and we, <laughs> we get to be together. Um, and I'm just so thankful that um, I get to be in this local faith community that Morgan shepherds um, at Good Shepherd. And he really does a great job. And 
I just, a personal note, I just wanted to say that one of the reasons why I was so attracted to, um, to this church was the principle of gospel rest. And, Mm -hmm. and so, and that is something that we believe here at Joyful Health as well. We start with grace. We start with the gospel that we can now rest, um, and live by faith. And so Morgan, we just want to hear some of your perspective, um, just to start with your story. Um, how did God bring you to this place where you are now um, in to bring you into a faith community? Kind of what's your personal story there now? And then how do you get to serve people in that area? Yeah, um, gosh, I, it's kind of a question of like, how far back do I go? Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think. I think a big thing for me that's just important to know is, is like, I, I did not grow up a part of a faith community. Um, my family and I would, my parents would take us to church, you know, kind of Christmas Eve and Easter. So it was not a part of our regular rhythm, mm. if that makes sense. Um, and then at some point in high school, uh, junior year, um, while I was really struggling with those questions of identity that I think everybody struggles with in, in middle and high school, um, I came across, uh, you know, some, I guess, Christians at, at my high school in Roswell. And mm. um, they invited me to basically like a, a youth ministry um, type setting. And uh, and I remember going and, you know, walking down the driveway with a friend of mine who also was not a Christian and not somebody who'd grown up in the church. And um, people were carrying Bibles around and, and we looked at each other and we we're like, we have got to get out of here. Um, and as we turned around, there was the the guy that like led the ministry was standing right there and, you know, was super gregarious and friendly and asking our names. And, um, and so it was really like community that kind of drew me in, uh, to the gospel and drew me into Christianity. Um, it was a group of people who I felt genuinely wanted to know me, um, not just because I would attend the thing. I mean, I had nothing really to offer any of them. I wasn't popular, wasn't cool, wasn't any of those things that were a big deal back then. Um, so just seeing a group of people that were like, Hey, we just, we just want to get to know you because we'd like to know you. Um, mm. and after a year of that was like, okay, now maybe I'll listen about all this Jesus stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then realizing like, Oh, their, their care for me and interest in me, uh, was rooted in their realization that like Jesus really loves them mm. and really cares for them. And not just when they're at their best, but particularly when they're at their worst. Mm-hmm. Um, that Jesus still loves them and, and lays his life down for them. So, um, yeah, I became a Christian late in high school. And then honestly, like the rest of it was, Hey, I want to share this with other people. I want to share with folks that there's a God who loves them, um, who enters in with them, you know, at the lowest points in their lives, when they're hurting, when they're struggling, when they want nothing to do with God, he continues to move towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how he operates. And so, yeah, I mean, all through, I guess, like you said, college, I mean, we were doing Young Life together, which was at the heart of that is this desire to meet kids where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, graduated uh, college and, and did that in youth ministry and local churches and um, and then came back here to do that at Good Shepherd. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I guess, a short version, but. No, I I love I love that because you're, yeah, community is what drew you in. So that's a very big part of your um, picture or of your story. And I think you hit on something 
super uh, relevant for maybe people listening who are like hesitant to join community. And it's just like one of those, one of those lies we believe is like, hey, I'm only like community um, is only about what I can offer. Um, And if I can't like, if I can't offer anything, then, you know, we kind of convince ourselves that we shouldn't even um, try. But in a hopefully right in a in a Christian community um, where people are receiving the love of Christ, then we're able to offer that freely, you know, to anyone. So I love that. I love that picture. (laughs) Um, I'm curious, you know, in your work today, do you work a lot? Do you see a lot of people hesitant to get involved with community? And, you know, do you have any do you have any stories of of people getting involved in that being like a big um, part of their story? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I, particularly with with twenty twenty with the pandemic, mm. I think that's where a lot of those conversations came, and we're maybe even like forced to be a little more honest about people's involvement and desire for community. Um, I, I think, especially in the South there was sort of this like church is sort of built into people's rhythms. And even if they didn't really like want to get super involved, they, it was just built into their rhythm to go to church on Sunday morning. Um, and I think, I really think the pandemic broke that rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like if you, if you've ever seen a, like an old, old fashioned metronome that has the little thing that ticks back and forth, like the pandemic kind of was like a hand reaching out and stopping that. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly that, that rhythm of like, Oh, I go to church on Sunday morning is broken. And there, there were obviously still people that like fought for it and wanted to be a part of it. But there were a lot of people that were like, Oh, now that that's not a part of my rhythm, that's maybe not something that I want to do every single week. And and for lots of different reasons. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I feel like over the last couple of years, it's 2022 now. So over the last couple of years, um, a lot of conversations around why should I come back? You know, like why, why should I be a part of this church? Um, why should I invest my time and energy in this when like, it's easier to sleep in on a Sunday or, you know, go on vacation or, um, you know, whatever else would kind of occupy your time in that space. And and obviously the church is more than just Sunday morning, but that tends to be kind of the barometer of like, whether or not someone wants to get further invested. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So do you have an answer? that you'd like to share on that? Why should they come back? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's all kinds of answers. Um, I know there's such the, the like pastor answer that's like, well, the Bible tells you to, um, but I do. I mean, I think that like, I don't want to make light of that. I, the, the scripture really does. I mean, Hebrews 10, right. Where it says, do not neglect meeting with each other. I think mm-hmm. that's Hebrews 10. Um, there is this, there is this piece of, of like there's something in community that God knows is necessary for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I was reading this book and I I put, I sent you guys the link, um, but I was reading this book called you're only human by Kelly Capick. And he's a professor at covenant college um, in Chattanooga. And I was really floored because the, the whole book, the premise of it is really like we are dependent creatures and that's a good thing. And that a lot of the like anxiety uh, and things, low level anxiety and, and things that we struggle with are the result of forgetting that we're dependent. Mm. Um, and community is the place where perhaps we are we are most 
reminded of our dependency and our need for one another that from the moment we're born to the moment we die, we are dependent creatures. You know, we're born dependent on our parents. We die probably dependent on our kids. Um, and when we remove ourselves from community, I mean, that, that leaves it just up to us to figure it out, to create our own sense of meaning, um, to, to like find our own place of belonging, uh, to, to group ourselves based on shared opinions or interests. Mm-hmm. Um, that the church community is a group of people whose who's one kind of bond is the love of Christ, something outside of us. Uh, and, and that's a beautiful thing. And to be in a place where you get a bunch of people who know that they're dependent and are pointing each other, hopefully to Jesus, uh, is, is incredibly vital mm-hmm. for the human existence. Because otherwise, yeah, it's, it's just the story is like, do this on your own strength, you know, surround yourself with, with people who just agree with you or people who are easy to like. Um, and Christian community, I think, paints a very different picture. Mm-hmm. It sort of assumes that people are going to be difficult to love and then points them to Christ. <laughs> so, right. yeah, sorry, that might have been a little scattered, but that's kind of the way that I, I think through it. Uh yeah, the I love the just assume with assume that people are going to be difficult to love, and you know you go in with that expectation because like we're difficult to love. I mean, I know I am sometimes, and right. Um, but I also when we talk about like, hey, yeah, you we're dependent on people, and when we don't recognize that, um, we are trying. We still have like whether we recognize that or not, we're going to be seeking belonging somewhere. Um, and I know there's also this, you know, just thinking again of like roadblocks that people have. I think there's also this, like when we have a fear of being alone, it's almost like we push community off even more because we don't want to be, um, rejected. And so it's like, well, if I never, if I never get invested, I don't have to be rejected, then I don't have to be alone, but I'm actually still really alone (laughs) because, you know, um, so I think what, what are some of those other, like, uh, maybe like lies or barriers that people have, um, or just strongholds that they have that you see into like getting, getting started and getting involved with people? Yeah, I think. There, there are a lot, obviously, um, and everybody's story is is unique. But I do think that um, a lot of people have been legitimately hurt by churches, right? So communities that they've they've been a part of, uh, and either the church leadership or people within the church have really hurt them, and they're you know working through that with counselors, and they're working through that with friends, and there is that fear that that were I to step into another faith community, church community, I'm going to experience that again. Mm-hmm. And so having to walk with people and, and just try to comfort them and, and remind them that, yes, like if you step into another church community, these people will be messy too, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the exact same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to experience the same hurt. And in fact, like the good of processing that with other people who are also hurting uh, far outweighs you know, the, the pain of, of like potentially experiencing hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just can't, you can't promise that people aren't going to experience hurt, but you can promise, you know, like to, to try to be a community that will walk with people through that. Um, and then also just reminding people like, Hey, you're not alone. I know for a fact, a good shepherd. I mean, there's, 
I could tick off like 10 to 20 names of people who um, really had to think long and hard before they stepped into a church because of what they had experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it, right? So one of it is like actual like trauma, abuse, hurt, things that people have experienced in a church. Another one is just, again, that that fear of difficult people, right? That fear that you're going to get in there and come across people whose, you know, political views you absolutely disdain or, uh, you know, whose perspective and background, like, is just totally antithetical to what you care about, um, whose manner of dress is obnoxious to you, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's just like, um, there's a, there's a screw tape letter, C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters. There's one where, you know, there's kind of like the, the demon and his nephew, um, trying to get this, this guy who's coming into the faith off track. And one of the things that he tells his nephew to do to get the Christian off track is to focus on things like the squeak of the boots and the person in front of him mm. or the way that the pew creaks next mm. to them. It's, it's that kind of stuff. It's like the fear of, of just discomfort and being around people that you wouldn't necessarily choose to be friends with. Mm. Um, and so there's that, I mean, there's that part of it too, of just like, what if I don't like these people that are in there? Um, and what if they're too different from me? I mean, those are probably the two, the two biggest ones. Uh, and then I think too, just like probably the base one for a lot of us is just, Hey, I just don't, I don't want to give up comfort. I don't want to give up, you know, the ability to sleep again, sleep in on Sunday morning or go on a trip or, um, you know, I don't want to give up the autonomy that I have mm-hmm. and and sacrifice that for you know, committing to going to a church or a small group or something along those lines. So th- those are, I mean, there's obviously a lot more than that, but a lot of times it falls into some of those categories. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, you know, Maddox and I's story too of um, <laughs> yeah. walking through some different churches and yeah. Yeah, feeling, yeah. you know, uh, well, yeah. And I also think it comes down to like, whose church is this? Okay, it's actually mm-hmm. Jesus's church. So, yeah. because I can trust Jesus, I know that I can follow him to where he's going to lead me into this next church. And also, you know, be aware um, and <laughs> and be aware of like, you know, leadership, like is there humility there? And so those are some of the things that we yeah. look out for in this next church of like, is the leadership willing to um, continue following the Lord, no matter, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what traditions need to change and whatnot. And so I think, you know, that's something that we absolutely look out for. Um, like, is this church being led by Jesus? Like, are we quick to repent? And I think I've absolutely seen that a good shepherd. So I can say that with confidence. Um, no, I'm grateful to hear but, that. Yeah. But and, I, I do think, I mean, I do think there's that piece of like, when you're looking for church communities, like does the leadership have accountability? You know, is there, are there, are there people holding the leadership accountable for the way that they're caring for people, for what they're teaching, you know, um, or is it like a one, one man or one woman show kind of thing? So, yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> there's so many things we could talk about here and yeah, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I would like to, well, in that too, um, especially if, okay. So we also kind of wanted to, show the similarities between, um, because when you were talking about why people have not come back, um, or like why we do enjoy church, it's like, we need that sense of belonging. 
And we mm-hmm. see in our practice with coaching people through, um, through health practices that, um, there is a sense of belonging when it comes to certain health paradigms and, you know, like certain gyms have created a community and yeah, that's oh, yeah. Where people go on Sundays, you know, it's like, oh, I, I have this great feeling and people are going to be there and, you know, and then health itself can become a religion because there is that community aspect and that's really strong. Um, but then there's also, um, like a, a feeling of loneliness if something fractures or crumbles there, um, mm-hmm. because it's not built on something that is, um, going to be unshakable, like, like scripture and like, and Jesus that, um, yeah. and like when there's like restrictive patterns involved, um, even studies show that when people are put on, uh, like restrictive diets, they're, they report higher feelings of loneliness and mm-hmm. loneliness itself is a condition that <laughs> causes um, like people are at a greater risk of cognitive decline, dementia, increased risk of high blood pressure, heart disease. I mean, it's all tied together. And like you said at the beginning, yeah. that scripture, you know, like God knows what we need because he created us. And so that's why he gave us this word um, in the Bible. And we get yeah. to like need Jesus together <laughs> in the church. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I'm really curious, um, to hear your answer on this too. So what can people be looking out for when they're looking for a healthy church community or healthy faith community? Like besides the accountability part of it. Yeah, I, I think, um, some of the signs are like what I would say, like humility if the if the community is characterized by humility and honesty, by which I mean like it 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 doesn't mean that you walk into the building and suddenly like you're like, oh, these people are perfect. Like they mm-hmm. treat each other well. They but but really like what you're looking for when you walk into the room is like, are they are they real? Mm-hmm. Like when they fail to love each other well, do they own that? and kind of acknowledge it and ask for forgiveness when they fail to come to church regularly, you know, do they acknowledge it and go, yeah, that's not great, but like there's grace for it, mm-hmm. you know, when they fail to parent well, or, I mean, just all of the areas that, that we have in our lives that we fall short of, you know, is there this like humble honesty and then this, this redirecting back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And knowing that in that redirection back to Christ, that we will be received, that we are oh, are welcome with open arms. Um, and, and I think that like the churches that, I've, you know, that some folks in our church have come from, it's like there wasn't that freedom to struggle, you know, even intellectually, physically, intellectually, like relationally, there just wasn't that freedom to struggle. Um, there was an expectation when you walked in the room that like you had it all together and it was outside the room that you then like wrestled. Mm. Um, I want, I want a place and I would be looking for a place where, you know, people are, are a little bit maybe messier, a little bit more willing to acknowledge uh, their wrestling. And yet like also being pointed back to the truth of the gospel and the truth of Christ. Um, And I'd say that, yeah, that looks like humility in folks that looks like honesty. Um, Those would be, yeah, the two main things that I would look for before you look at like Mm. preaching style or music or any of those kinds of things. Mm. Not that those are bad. Yeah, for sure. Are they, are they, 
are they full of grace and is there freedom to struggle? Um, just like even contrasting like what you were saying, Casey, about, um, you know, belonging to a certain fitness community or belonging to even like a certain diet Facebook group. It's like there's really not pretty much it's not unconditional acceptance there, right? That's if you disagree with those things, you're out. Um, or if you, you know, you decide you want to do something else for a season, like you're out. Um, and we shouldn't have that in the church, right? We we want people to, just like you're saying, we want people to be free to like wrestle um, and and free to receive, you know, be open, right? Bring, bring um, their issues to the light in community. So I love that. I love that being the most important question before music and, you know, um, all those kind of other uh, little little things that people can get caught up in. Um, so with, you know, if someone is, they feel like, okay, I've found a community. Um, I found a community that kind of meets these criteria. It's probably not going to be perfect because a church is made of people that aren't perfect, right? Like that's that's my experience. It's like no church is going to be perfect, right? Um, how do they start to – because I've been aware of like I've attended church every week and just – but not felt connected to people. Um, how do you How do you recommend people like start to feel connected to the people they're going to church with? Um. I think honestly that, I mean, ideally the people that, that are going to the church are reaching out, right. Asking you to, mm-hmm. to come to a small group or, or better yet, like asking you to go to lunch with them mm-hmm. or coffee or something along those lines. Um, I, I think if you're not seeing that happen, but you still want to be a part of whatever specific community you're attending, uh, then, you know, are you willing to reach out and go, you know, Hey, can we go get, can we get coffee? I mean, I, I think so much of ministry is not what is programmed or not what's on the website. I think a lot of like getting connected to a community, it's what's happening, you know, within our homes. Um, and that's what people are looking for. So just, yeah, asking like, can we get dinner? Can we get our families together? Can we, um, you know, go on a hike? It's just like, what, what do you enjoy? And then like inviting people into that space with you um, and seeing kind of what grows from there. And it's hard because I can't guarantee that's always going to like work out. I've, I've heard of folks. I mean, it's happened for people at Good Shepherd. They feel like they've reached out and it's just not been reciprocated. And that's stuff that we talk through, you know, and we, we try to evaluate why is that? Where's that coming from? Um, but I think, yeah, like looking at what the church has available in terms of opportunities for community, things like small groups and some churches have like, interest groups, people that play board games together or um, go to movies together or something along those lines. But then, yeah, just even to like looking around the room and going, Hey, I'd like to get to know that person. I wonder if they get coffee with me and that can be the scariest thing in the world, uh, but it can also be the most rewarding. Mm. Um, is that overly mm-hmm. simplistic? I mean, I know that sounds like, no, it sounds so easy, but <laughs> people are terrifying. I don't know. No, I, I know uh, like at our, at the current church, like where we've been going for a while. And, um, I know that that was like the most, we went to, you know, we did take like a step, like we went to, actually went to a couple small groups that didn't work out super well, 
They don't always, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, and after coming out of the pandemic, I just knew, like, we need this. Like, we need this in-person community. And so we we kind of just, we kept trying different things. Um, we went to, they, our church had like a dinner, like once a year. And I was like, we're just going to go to this dinner. <laughs> like I'm, I'm done with, you just kind of have to get like, I need this and I'm just going to do it because I'm already accepted in Christ. So what, what can they do to me? Right. <laughs> um, what, so you, but I mean, and then what really happened is someone from that dinner, one of like our ministry leaders was like, Hey, we connected over, I can't even remember what our kids probably like, Hey, you want to get coffee? Um, and then just, that was what made me start to feel really involved and then want to continue to be involved. So if you could be that person, right. Um, to ask somebody that's, you know, you don't have to go through all the 5,000 steps like I did, but <laughs> I think that's really no, wise. But I, mean, I, but I think like, I think what I, what I'm hearing you say, Aubrey, that that's really helpful for me is like, it takes time. And I think we forget mm-hmm. that. I think that there's this part of getting involved in a community and and maybe it's our like online world, like connections online are instant. You know, you, you know, somebody can request to follow you and you're like, boom, you're following me. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. But like in, in-person connection, which I feel like we need to be reminded of is a, is a slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sometimes mm-hmm. it takes multiple invitations. It takes multiple quote unquote requests in person you know, before there's a real and, and, and like a real deeper connection that's established between human beings. Um, and that's a big, I mean, that's a big thing that we talk about with our, with our ministry leaders at Good Shepherd is the importance of a one-on-one engagement and the importance of like following up again, uh, you know, remembering things that somebody said in the first meeting so that you can ask good questions in the next one. Um, mm-hmm. because I do, I just think we get so wired to like, if it doesn't happen quickly and if we don't click quickly, um, then it's not, then it's the fault of the community. And it's like, well, maybe it's, it's that, but maybe it's also the expectations that we bring into it. And maybe it's that our expectation is wrong, that it should happen quickly. And maybe the reality is like, no good, good, solid community is a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. And I can see also the ties between like when people first try out a new health habit and it's like, ah, this is hard. I'm not seeing the results right away. This is not working instead of like, you know, there's a ton of research on when, how long does it take? How many days do you need to try out a habit before it sticks? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, and one of the pieces of research that I love is that a habit sticks whenever that like synapse is connected with the rest of your brain essentially. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, like when neurons that fire together, wire together. And so like Mm -hmm. when you keep doing that thing over time, they keep firing together, but then they are wired together over time and integrated into the greater um, nervous system network. And so I think that's the same with the, with the church body too. (laughs) It's like, well, it takes time. It takes those continual um, meetings and connections and keep going until, you know, you can grow those roots, um, of connection and, and establishment. And, um, so yeah, I love all of this. I think this is going to be <laughs> so helpful, um, for each person, for anyone who's listening to Morgan, do you have anything to leave them with as far as, um, you know, finding a healthy community, getting connected and, or maybe what the Lord would um, 
or how he could speak to them in that area? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just to, to reiterate some of the things that really like you guys have said with, you know, we, we never really stop needing or longing for community. Um, and we, we look for it. And in, in like you said, places like exercise and, um, for some people it's politics and some people it's, um, you know, diet for some people it's, you know, the academic world. It's like, we, we seek these different communities, but I've just, I've never, I've never seen a place that's more inclusive, more welcoming, um, where the door is, is more wide open, uh, than in the church mm. and with the love of Christ. I think that a lot of people leave the church because they feel like it's too exclusive. And yet at the end of the day, it's like the only, the only price of entry is a price that's been paid by Christ. It's the price of his blood. Mm. And so just remembering that and, and thinking through these other communities that we're a part of, like, will they be as welcoming when I break that habit? Will they be as welcoming when I change my opinion? Will they be as welcoming when I graduate? You know, is that still going to be available to me? Um, whereas with the church, ideally, right. And it is ideally because the church is a, is a stinking mess. Um, but ideally it's a place where we will be welcomed back regardless of, of, you know, how our, our political opinions change, regardless of how our habits change. Um, and, and I think just even thinking for me personally, like I, I love to run. That is my, like, that is my outlet. Uh, that is something that I love to do. Um, but in times where that habit has fallen a little bit back, especially around the holidays when I, I like to eat more than I like to run, mm-hmm. um, you know, the church is still a place where I can go and it's a safe place and nobody is there measuring like how many miles I ran that week. Um, yeah. We're there to to belong with one another and to remind each other of the love of Christ. It's kind of like a very surface level example, but I think it, it just illustrates that like, it is that place where, where belonging is found. Um, and it's, it, it is messy and it's hard. And I, I want to acknowledge that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I keep going back to uh, even just like the, it taking a long time or it's a slow in-person connection being a slow process because anything, anything worth, do, usually most things worth doing that produce fruit that we truly want in our life are a slow process. Um, and yeah, like Casey talked about habit change and, you know, we could, we would talk about like, you know, focusing on anyone can quote lose weight, um, with like a diet really quick. Um, but that's not going to produce like long-term fruit in our lives. Um, and so the same thing is like, we can have these quick communities like on Facebook, which are fine. Like we have an online community, right? Um, but are they going to... No, right? But um sometimes we need we need the in-person connection and to have that um that fruit that's gonna last and and be there um when we are a mess ourselves. So I love that. And Morgan, um, would you just do us the honor of kind of praying over anyone who's listening or who will listen to this podcast before we go? Yes, yeah, I would love to. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, for all those who are listening, who are a part of a a church community right now, Lord, who uh, feel connected, who feel plugged in, 
uh, Lord, who have experienced the benefits of just those relationships and, and have had good experiences, Lord. We just praise you. Lord, we thank you for church communities that are healthy places. Uh, Lord, places where people model humility and honesty, places where people point one another to Jesus uh, in the way that they love and the way that they enter in and bear each other's burdens. Lord, we pray for those who are listening, uh, who are hesitant, Lord, hesitant to think about stepping into a church community again, hesitant to think about walking through the doors, um, sitting in the seats, listening to a sermon. Father, we just, we pray, Lord, that, that, that the people who are hesitant, Father, would, would really ask, where does that hesitancy come from? Father, would really remember that the church is not Jesus. Lord, the church is meant to point one another to Christ, but the church is not Jesus. And those churches in which they maybe have experienced hurt or missed expectations, Father, that does not mean that you have failed or you have missed expectations. And Lord, and so we just pray for uh, just the strength to try it again, the patience uh, to have the long game in mind. Lord, to remember that this is not merely about us as individuals, but it's about us as a body. Lord, it encompasses everything from our kids to our friends to our work to our physical health, Lord. Uh, Lord, so give us the strength to be people who, who are willing to enter into messy, honest, complicated, Christ-centered community. Mm-hmm. Father, we lift these things up to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, Thank you, guys. So, yeah. Okay, friends. Until next time, may you rest in God's grace and follow the joy. Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Goldbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. <laughs>